It is good to be with you all again. Are you afraid of anything this morning? I heard a quote someone said once. We fear men so much because we fear God so little. This morning, I'm going to talk to you about the fear of the Lord, the fear of God, what the Bible says about fearing God, and why that's so important that we do that. Because when I look out on the world today, I don't see a lot of fear of God in the world we live in. Do you? Sometimes it seems like we fear the temporary things of this world more than we fear the Almighty God. And that's not right. I'm going to show you a picture of a mountain. And it has this tiny trail that goes along the top of this mountain ridge as far as you can see. Now that might be a little scary to you to think about walking up there. If I asked you to go and hike along this ridge with me, would you go? Would you do that? I'm hearing saying some people shaking their heads no, some people saying, yeah, I'll go. If not, why wouldn't you? Someone says, well, I could stumble and fall and die. And you make a good point. That is a compelling argument. <laughs> but some of you said, sure, I'd go. Awesome. Well, let's say we went up to the top of this ridge. And when we got there, I reach into my backpack, and I pull out your blindfold and hand it to you. Did I mention we're doing this blindfolded? Would you do that? Would you walk across this ridge blind? You would be foolish to do that. Do you know what? You know what would be even more foolish than that? Is to walk in this life not seeing God for who he is. Being blind to the power of God, the fear of God. Not fearing God at all in this world as you live your life. That would be far more foolish. Because you're going to stumble spiritually. We all do. And if you don't fear God, you may not get up again. Jesus said in Luke 12 and verse 4, And I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, and after that have no more than they can do. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after he is killed, has the power to cast into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him. Notice who Jesus is talking to here. His friends. 
the people who loved him, the people who were following him. And he said it twice just so they get what he is saying. Fear God. And we would be wise to hear, to heed these words of Jesus today. Proverbs 9 and verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The wisest man on earth said this. If you want to be wise, this is where you start. In 1 Kings chapter 16, there was a man who became king of Israel. His name was Ahab, and he did not fear God. The Bible says this was the most wicked and evil man more evil than all who came before him. Ahab married a woman who was almost as wicked as he was named Jezebel. And together they tore down the altars of God. And in their place they put up these altars to the false god Baal. And they caused Israel to turn away from God and worship these false gods. And in 1 Kings chapter 17, God had finally had enough, and he sent the prophet Elijah to go and tell Ahab that he was stopping the rain. No more rain in Israel. When the rain stops, things start to die. And after he told him that, God told Elijah to go and sit by this brook. And God took care of him there. And God commanded the ravens to feed him. And every morning and every night, these birds would bring meat and bread to Elijah as he sat by the brook drinking the water. But time passed, and eventually, because there was no rain, the brook, the brook dried up. And so God told Elijah that he had commanded a widow to take care of him, to go and find this widow, and she would take care of him. So he did. And he went to this widow's house, and he asked her if she had anything to eat, and she had almost nothing, a little bit of flour and some oil, and he told her to make a cake from it. And she did, and as long as Elijah stayed there, day after day after day, that flour and that oil miraculously did not run out. She never went to this store and bought more. She never got a shipment from Amazon for new flour. It just never ran out, no matter how much she used. Days and weeks and months passed. And one day, this widow's young son died. Elijah picked him up and took him upstairs, and he prayed. 
He prayed to God to give him life again, and God raised this child from the dead, gave him life again, and he presented him to his mother. For three years, it didn't rain in Israel. And there was a severe drought. Everything died. And during this time, the prophet Jezebel, or the, the, the queen, the wicked queen Jezebel, she pursued the prophets of God and killed them. She executed many prophets of God during this time. While the king had people searching for Elijah, searching for three years, and they never found him. Then God told Elijah to return to the king and tell him that it was going to rain again. Well, Elijah went, and on the way he met the servant of the king named Obadiah. Now, Obadiah, it says, feared God. And he had been secretly trying to save these prophets from Jezebel, and he had about 50 of them in a cave that he was feeding. And Obadiah, when he saw Elijah, he fell on his face because he recognized him. And he said, the king has been searching everywhere for you. And Elijah said, go and tell the king that I'm here. And he did, and he brought the king. And when the king saw Elijah, he said, you have greatly troubled Israel. Elijah said, it isn't me that has troubled Israel, it is you, because you have not kept the commandments of God. You have worshiped idols. And Elijah told him to gather all the people of Israel and bring them to Mount Carmel. And don't forget to bring the 450 prophets of Baal. I want them there. And so he did. The king wanted it to rain. He needed it to rain. So he did what Elijah said. And they all gathered around Mount Carmel. In 1 Kings chapter 18, and verse 21, it says, And Elijah came to all the people and said, How long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people answered him, Not a word. So Elijah told the 450 prophets of Baal to bring two bulls. And he said, what we're going to do is you're going to put your bull on the altar of Baal with wood. And you're going to offer it as a sacrifice to your god, Baal. But you're not going to light the fire. Then I'm going to take the other bull and offer it on the altar of the Lord with no fire. And whichever God consumes that sacrifice, he is God. 
Well, the people of Israel liked this idea. They wanted to see that. And so the prophets of Baal did that. They brought out the, the two bulls. They cut up their bulls. On, they placed it on their altar. And they began pleading with Baal to light the fire, to accept the sacrifice. And they pleaded and they pleaded. All day they pleaded. The night came and they were still pleading. At one point, Elijah began to make fun of them, saying, maybe he's traveling. Maybe he's away. Maybe he's asleep. If you will shout louder, maybe you'll wake him up. But of course, no one answered. The fire was not lit because no one was there to answer. So finally, Elijah had them bring the other bull. And he told the people of Israel to rebuild the altar of the Lord there because it had been torn down. And they did. And he put the bull on the wood on the altar. And then he had him to bring buckets of water and cover it in water. Three times he had them cover this in water until the water flowed all around the altar. And then Elijah lifted up his eyes to heaven. In 1 Kings chapter 18 and 36, he said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, and I am your servant, and that I have done all these things at your word. And immediately fire came down from heaven, and it consumed all of the water, consumed the offering of the bull, consumed the wood, consumed the stones that the altar was made of and consumed the earth that was underneath the altar. Our God is a consuming fire. And so the people all bowed down and worshipped God. And they took the 450 prophets of Baal and they executed them. And Elijah turned to the king Ahab and told him, you better get on your chariot and start home so you don't get stuck in the mud when it starts to rain. Well, he looked up in the sky. It wasn't raining. There were no clouds. But he had seen enough, so he did. And Elijah went up to the top of the mountain and he began to pray to God. And he prayed and prayed. And as he prayed, a dark cloud came over the sea. And it started coming that way. And it cut, clouds filled the sky and it began to pour down rain once again on Israel after three years. When the king got home, he went in and talked to Jezebel. And he told Jezebel everything that happened. And when she heard about how the 450 prophets of Baal were executed, 
she was furious. And she sent a messenger out to find Elijah to tell him this message. She said, within a day, I vow by my life, within a day, you're going to be dead. When Elijah heard that, he fled. He ran into the wilderness afraid. And he ran all day. And he finally came to this tree. And he sat down exhausted underneath this tree. And he prayed to God, just take my life. Kill me, Lord. And then he fell asleep. And after sleeping some time, Elijah was woken up by someone poking him. And he opened his eyes, and there is the Lord sitting beside him. And the Lord says, rise, Elijah, and eat. And he pointed him, there's a small cake and some water on some coals. And so Elijah gets up and eats. And the next day, the exact same thing happened again. And as Elijah fled the wrath of Jezebel, every day, for 40 days, the same thing happened. Because the Lord fed him. And finally, he comes to this mountain and he sees a small cave in that mountain. He runs into the cave and he hides. And while he's there, he hears the voice of the Lord. And the Lord asks him a question. The Lord says, what are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here? So Elijah replies in verse Chapter 19 and verse 10, he says, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Elijah was feeling tired and alone. But after everything he had seen, the total power of God over nature and the elements, he saw him raise the dead to live again. The constant, never-ending food. The fire coming down from heaven to consume it all. After seeing all of this, why was he so afraid of Jezebel. Why did he fear her so much? Well, the next verse, verse 11, the Lord tells Elijah to go and stand on this mountain. So he did. And as he stood on this mountain, the Lord passed by. And as he passed by in front of him, 
a great mighty wind. And that wind tore into the side of the mountain and it crushed the rocks. But the Bible says the Lord was not in the wind. And after that, a mighty earthquake shook the mountain. But the Lord wasn't in the earthquake. And after that, a fire. But the Bible says the Lord wasn't in the fire. And then finally, finally, a small, still voice. Elijah had seen the power of God. He understood the power of God. But he was missing something. He was missing something about the fear of God. We don't see what Elijah saw today. We don't see evil people being destroyed by fire from God. We don't see God taking his wrath out on people with wind hurricanes or with earthquakes. That's not what he does today to make people fear him. What we do have is the word of God. If you have a Bible, that word of God is speaking to you in a small, still voice, saying, trust me. Trust God. Trust his power. Trust his word. Trust his promises. Trust his love for you. Trust his grace. Trust him. Trust God. To truly fear God, you have to trust that everything the Bible says about him is true. In Psalms chapter 115 and 11, it says, You who fear the Lord, trust the Lord. He is their help and their shield. This fear of God compels you to obey him because you trust his commands. And this fear should cause you to warn others of the wrath to come because it is coming. This fear should cause you to act. Solomon said in Ecclesiastes 12 and verse 13, Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Is there something... Is there something you know God wants you to do? But you haven't been doing it because you're afraid? Something you keep putting off. Something you keep making excuses not to do. Maybe 
Maybe you're afraid of change. Maybe you're afraid of failing. Afraid of failure. Maybe you're afraid of how other people will react if you do this. Maybe you're afraid of losing something that you want. Maybe like Elijah, even though you know God is with you, you're still afraid. Well, maybe you just need to trust God. Maybe you just need to completely trust God and do it. An old Indian preacher once said, if you fear God, you really need fear nothing else. What is there to fear? I think that's awesome. Ask yourself this, would the one who died for me, gave his life for me, ask me to do something that's going to hurt me? Ask me to do something that I'm going to regret? Of course not. You know he won't. And you know he hasn't. The patriarch Abraham knew this. He understood this well. Abraham knew that God held life and death in his hand. He could take your life right now. Like that. And just as fast give it right back again. He understood this. And because he understood this, he was willing to do what God told him to do, even though it was so difficult. He feared God more than he feared losing his own son. We need to have that fear. You know, there's a lot of things in the world it may make you nervous and afraid and worried. And I just want to encourage you this morning. If you're afraid, if you feel anxious and worried about something, turn your thoughts and your attention to the power of God. Meditate and think about the power of God. And see if those fears don't go away. And I want you to know, most of all, that God loves you. He loves you so much. And I don't know who's hearing this today. There may be someone out there that hasn't obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you haven't, you need to understand that our God is a consuming fire. And he's appointed a day in which he will judge the world. And everyone not written in the book of life will be cast into the lake of fire. And there will be torture, torture and weeping 
for all of eternity. You need to know that. And you need to believe that. Is your name written in the book of life today? If it's not, why not cast off your fear and do what Jesus said to do? Give your life to him. Be buried with him in baptism and raised to walk a new life. I hope, I hope this has been useful to you this morning. I hope it has caused you to think about God and fear him and to not be afraid as you walk in this world and fear him instead. We're going to sing a song of invitation now. If anyone has a spiritual need you'd like to bring before the church, we'd be happy to pray for you. If anyone wants to hear more about the gospel of Jesus Christ, out there, get in, get in touch with us. We'll be glad to study more about that with you. So as we sing now, if, if you'd like the prayers of the church, please come forward now as we stand and sing.